So this morning, I wanted to start by asking a couple questions. And the very first question is, do you believe that we can attempt great things for God? And do you believe that through the leading of the Holy Spirit, that we could be called to accomplish kingdom business within this church? Yes. Okay. That were good answers. I'm glad you answered yes to both. <laughs> See, because I think God has brought us here today so that we can actually not only fellowship together and spend time together, but to look to the future of what our church is going to be doing and how we're going to help expand and glorify God as He blesses us for the things that we do and the work that we do. Now, of course, 2020 has definitely been a year like no other. Whew, has it been a year like no other. And as we look back, unfortunately, a lot of things that we get caught up in is we were able to tell all the bad things that happened. You remember everything bad that happened in 2020. If you think about it, we had COVID. How could we forget COVID? We've had a lot of people that have lost their jobs. We've had people who've lost incomes. Um, we've had social and political uprisings and unrest and uh, injustices towards other people. Suicide rates have gone up. Mental health issues have been all over the board. And that's just to name a few. Just a few of the things that have happened in 2020 that you know, we real quick, we can think of. But what about the blessings that we've received from God? What about the blessings? Blessings of provision for this church. Throughout COVID, the church has continued to be able to survive and move forward. We have new church family through COVID. So remember, the one guy is kind of sketchy, you know, just so you know. <laughs> I think one of the things we've really learned is what is necessary compared to what is unnecessary. I think a lot of times we did stuff just because, you know, we thought it was a need. And really we found out through COVID that it was nothing but a want. And I think it really opened us up to spend more time with family or appreciate the time that we do get with family. Because as we know, in a lot of cases, COVID has prevented us from seeing parents or grandkids or even children. So we really start looking to what is necessary in our life compared to what was unnecessary. And I think it kind of brought communities together. Um, we tended to find out who our neighbor was that we didn't know really before COVID because we were giving that helping hand to each other. People doing more inside the neighborhoods. So you kind of got to know each other a little bit more. And these are all things that I think we overlook when we look at COVID. And some of the things inside this church, if you haven't been to the website lately, um, we've got a new FBC Lantana website. It's new, it's updated, um, there's a lot of good stuff out there, so if you haven't been there, I encourage you to look at it. We have new technologies where we're doing a better job streaming where the people who are actually watching online actually see scripture across the bottom, the music comes across the bottom, the wording and everything else. So we've increased the technology there. We've got technology inside the sound booth that most of you haven't even seen that has been given and provided to the church that we've been blessed with. 
And there's even more coming that just hasn't been installed yet. So there are blessings that the church has seen and that we have seen, but I think sometimes we tend to overlook him. And if you think about it, if you look to your left or your right, there's some empty pews, isn't there? Now, I think it's basically two reasons why we have empty pews. The first one, no doubt, COVID. Okay? People feel unsafe coming out because of COVID. Or should I say, people feel unsafe coming to church because of COVID, but yet they'll go to Publix and Home Depot and Lowe's and every place else. Some people got comfy staying at home in their pajamas and watching online because while you're sitting there online, you can watch the best preachers in the world while wearing your pajamas. It's pretty simple. I mean, I could easily get caught up in that, but, you know, I've got to be here every Sunday, so I can't stay home. I've tried to, but Patty won't let me. So the other thing I think that it is is we've had people who have moved on. During 2020, we've had people that moved out of state. There are people who moved on with the previous pastor. There are people who have moved on and met Jesus face to face. And there's some that have just moved on. And you know, I can't blame anyone for moving on. I, I've moved on in my life from different churches. But today, I think as we look to the future of the church... Hopefully, my prayer is that we can affect change in people's lives in this community. And through affecting lives in the community, we can affect lives inside this church. And I think they work hand in hand together. And I really think that as we change people's lives and get them connected with the local church, I believe we do what God calls us to do. And as we look at this vision, I looked in Scripture... And Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. So I think we all need to always have a vision. We need to have an idea of where we want to go. Now, of course, when I say where we want to go, we may be going someplace and God will change our direction. We need to be open and obedient to that. And I do want to say right off the bat, if during the time of this, if it comes up in your mind, oh, we can't, we can't. I want you to know that's from Satan. Okay, we can do anything that God calls us to do. If God calls us to it, he will call us through it. And a lot of times that's how Satan gets that hold on us. He gets that hold of putting doubt inside of us. He makes us doubt that we can actually do something. He convinces us that we cannot do something. He'll convince us that, you know, he doesn't want us to grow. He doesn't want us to succeed. And he definitely doesn't want this church to affect change in this neighborhood. He doesn't want the church of Jesus Christ to make changes in this world. But that's his, that is what we are called to do. And remember, doubt doesn't come from the Lord. So if you start doubting it any time during this, just go ahead and remind Satan we win in the end and he needs to step back because we are a majority and we certainly can move forward. You know, when I first started here three months ago, um, I remember I told you guys that I was at work one night and, you know, God just started laying, hey, do this series, then do this, and, and you kind of laid out a plan all the way through January 17th. And way back then, you know, just over three months ago, 
He plotted today as Vision Sunday. Three months ago, I had no idea what the vision of the church would be. I didn't know I was just being obedient. Okay, God. And if you remember way back then, I, I told you guys I was saying, God, I don't know what I'm doing here, but if you'll show me, I'm all in. And I still say that every day. Every day I walk in this church office, every Sunday when I come up here, God, I have no idea what I'm doing, but if you'll show me, I'm all in. And so today I want to really focus on where our church is going in the future. And a scripture that God laid on my heart that I think this church can truly live out is Luke chapter 10, verse 2. And it says, Then he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Let's read that together. Ready? Everybody. Then he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. I truly believe we can live out this scripture. Is it going to be easy? Oh, no. This will not be a scripture that's easy to live out. However, the Bible never tells us it's going to be easy. It's never going to be easy when we're doing what God calls us to do. And I think with every vision and with everything we do, you've got to start small. And, you know, you even think about it. Even God started small in the garden. Two people. He started small. He started with Adam and Eve. And I believe all of our dreams need to start that same way. We need to start small when we cast that vision. God's word says, He that is faithful in that which is least is also faithful in that is much. And I think as we take these little steps of faith on what are we going to do moving forward, I believe starting small is a smart thing, and you build as you go forward. You know, God had this vision of the world when he first brought Adam and Eve into it, and he had fellowship with them. And then sin entered their life, and they disobeyed, and then from there, God's vision for the world had to forever be changed. You know, and I'm certain at times God had to wonder, is it worth it? Is it worth it? You know, as I read through the Old Testament, and you see, hey, they're doing good. And then they turn and they veer off. And we know God's destroyed the earth before. And I still wonder, as he says, is it worth it? And sometimes I ask that same question, is it worth it? Is it worth doing all of this? Is it worth trying to change somebody's life so that they may glorify God? Because we've all seen the other side. We've all been hurt, whether it's a friend or a family member. Is it worth it to do all of this? Is it worth it to strive to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to this world? And I'm here to tell you, yes, it is worth it. I believe it is worth it, and I believe it is something that we should do each and every day. 
God showed us it was worth it for us because as we just got through Christmas, we saw He sent Jesus into the world. He sent Jesus to a humble beginning to grow up, to be sacrificed for us, to die and be resurrected again, to wash away our sins. If God thinks we are worth it, then guess what? It is worth it. It is worth it for us to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to everybody that we know. It's not going to be easy. It never is. You know, and as, as a pastor, I can say from this church, a little bit of time I've been here, I am proud of what this church is. I'm really proud of what the church has done in the past. And a lot of things you think about what you've done in the past with um, tent revivals. You've had tent revivals out here for years. Had a clothes closet. Had a food pantry. I truly believe that all of that was glorifying God. And somewhere along the line it stopped. And I'm here to tell you one of the things that I've actually said since I've been here is I would love to have a tent revival. And when I made the comment, I got told, well, you know, the last couple we did, we didn't get anybody. No one came to the church. And as I want to remind you, it's not about this church. It's about leading someone to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. If one person comes to a tent revival and they accept Jesus Christ, that tent revival was worth it. Whether they come in here or go someplace else, the tent revival was worth it. And now some of you may be saying, Pastor, you know, if we don't get people in the church, you're not going to get paid. <laughs> I have enough faith in God that if we do what he has called us to do, that's secondary. We don't need to worry about it. God will take care of it. God will bless us for doing what he has called us to do. He will bless us for walking in obedient and bringing the saving knowledge of Christ to other people. So it's not about us. It's about the church of Jesus Christ. It is about God's kingdom in everything that we do. Opening up a food pantry again and giving people dry food. Yes, we can't present the really present the gospel to them because it would be against what Palm Beach County Food Bank says. But it doesn't mean we can't give them a track. It doesn't mean we can't show them the love of Jesus Christ when they come in here to pick up food. It doesn't mean we can't show the love of Christ if they come in to pick up some clothes. It's all about what we do and how we do it. And I believe all of these were good things that were done in the past. And a lot of times, you know, you say, hey, don't get stuck in the past. But if something was working, why stop? Why not revitalize it and move forward with it? My first dream, and it's a small one, is that God will revitalize this church to be a thriving church that reaches this neighborhood and reaches out to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. That we will give glory to God because it is deserved and that we will praise His name every time we come in this sanctuary. You see, because as things change, one thing will never change, the message. The message never changes. It is Christ crucified. That is what we preach each and every day. That is what we preach on Sunday is Christ crucified. The message never changes. It's all about what God's Word says.
And that is what we got to always hold on to. I think from here we need to think a little bigger. You know, we start out small. We need to go bigger. And my next is for this church to be a church known for evangelism and outreach. Just like I was talking with a food pantry, with a clothes closet. Doing a tent revival. Doing something. Door hangers. Go out and pray and go. Walk up to someone's house. Pray outside their house. Not even engage them. Put a door hanger on their door. Basically saying, we prayed for you in your house today. If you want more information, come check us out. It doesn't mean they're going to come here. But it may change them and plant that seed. And that's what we do. We plant that seed. We are laborers in the harvest. And we need to be obedient to that. And I think this, you know, for us to do that, it's going to consist of people being 100% dedicated to evangelizing and outreach, to reaching the lost. Stepping outside them doors and knowing every time you step outside this church, you're in the mission field. Your mission field is outside this church. It's outside your Every place you go is your mission field. And I think a lot of times we get we get stuck and we forget about that. You know, it's interesting. One of my past churches, we had stickers on the back windows of cars, and so everyone knew where you went. Sometimes that was a really bad idea. Because if you lived in South Florida for any amount of time and been on 95, that is a really bad resemblance of what the church is like when you see what that driver is doing. <laughs> When they're telling you you're number one, and I'm not telling you they're number one this way, okay? But we see that, you know, we should be people of God no matter where we're at. Are we going to fail? Yes. Yes, we are going to fail. We're going to fall short each and every day, and I tell people all the time, I do not have holes in my wrists while I was hung on a cross. I am forgiven by the one who was hung on the cross, and I try and do better each and every day. You know, and I think it's going to take us to be 100% sold out in order to go and do outreach and be able to affect change in this community. And I believe it begins with nice, easy steps, and we just start going in the right direction. And as it says in Isaiah 54, 2, we need to enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. I think we need to stretch. We need to be able to stretch out. Go beyond our comfort zone. Take them steps that, oh, I don't know if I can do this, Pastor. And I think so many times we just get caught up in it. We get caught up in, Pastor, I, I can't go evangelize. I'm real good behind the scenes. I can fill boxes. You know what? That's great. If you can fill boxes, you're still going to affect change in the person who picks up that box. You may just be behind the scenes doing something, but you're still affecting change in everybody. And as we move forward as a church, I think a lot of that is what we need to figure out where we can be best. And when I say where we can be best, I'm talking about you. Where you can affect change, where you feel you can affect change the most. Because I know not everyone can come up in front of a congregation and talk. Not everyone can go out and speak truth into people's lives. But hey, you can do some amazing things behind the scenes. 
And that's what I mean about people being 100% sold out. Not everyone is going to be able to stand up there and say, hey, you know what? This is who I used to be. This is when I met Jesus. And this is all that he's done in my life. And believe it or not, it's that simple to evangelize. This is who I was. This is when I met Jesus. This is what he's done in my life. But a lot of people can't do that. They get tongue-tied. Oh, I, I can't do that. Well, here's something else you can do. Everyone point your finger at me. Everyone point. Turn your finger over. Go like this. Tell them just come and see. Just tell them to come and see. Guess what? You just evangelized. It's that simple. Tell them, come and see. Hey, you know what? I can't explain to you, but hey, come and see. Stretch your tent. Stretch your tent. Get uncomfortable for Jesus. I think sometimes we just stay in our comfort zone because it's easy. And we don't take them extra steps to do what we can do. You know, and I think a lot of times that when we don't take them extra steps, I don't think we really take Jesus for what his word says. It says he came to give us a life and a life more abundant. More abundant than what we have. Now, I'm not going to stand up here and preach prosperity because that is not me and that is not what God's word says. That's not going to happen. But you can live abundantly in the blessings of God each and every day. And he is going to provide for your needs each and every day and hopefully provide for some of your wants. But you can be guaranteed you will get your needs. I think from there we need to dream huge. We need to think big. What can we do to affect change? And King Solomon was a man who was faithful to God. And, I, and in 1 Kings 5, 1 through 5, it says, Solomon sent back this message to Haram. You know that because of the wars raged against my father David from all sides, he could not build a temple for the name of the Lord, <coughs> his God, until the Lord put his enemies under his feet. But now the Lord of my God has given me rest on every side, and there is no adversary or disaster. I intend, therefore, to build a temple of the name of the Lord my God, as the Lord told my father David when he said, Your son, whom I will put on your throne in your place, will build a temple for my name. See, I believe in God for growth. I believe in God for growth simply because I see people seriously wanting growth. Even inside this church, we, you know, we pray. It's on the prayer sheet. Pray for growth in the church. And, you know, I think it's more than just a little nice church phrase. I think it's more than a little catchphrase. But I do believe that through prayer and supplication, we can grow the church. But remember, I'm not talking about this church. I'm talking about growing the kingdom of God. Grow the kingdom of God each and every day. Every person you walk into. Now, I will tell you there's a time, do not be odd for God. And some of you know what I mean about being odd for God. Be open to when God asks you to speak to somebody. Be open to speak to them. Be open to speak to them and pray each day. One, one of my prayers each day is, God, I pray that you bring someone into my life and that you will speak to me and through me to them. And I call them God appointments. I ask God for a God appointment each and every day. 
Now, I will tell you, if you ask God for a God appointment, be ready. Because, oh, you're going to get a God appointment. And it may be in a way that you really do not expect. It could be at the grocery store. It could be a waiter or a waitress. It could be someone just simply walking down the street and you happen to bump into each other. But when you pray for a God appointment and you're praying big, be ready for that God appointment. And trust me, I'm here to tell you, something that has happened in your life in the past is what God is going to use in you to speak to somebody else. He is going to use from your experience because we all have tests to make our testimony and we all have messes to make our messages. He's going to use your past to help someone else's future. It's going to affect change in someone else's life because of what you've been through. You know, a, a big group in other churches celebrate recovery. Celebrate recovery is known for people taking their past and changing and affecting somebody's future. Because, hey, guess what? I've been there. I have been in this place where you're at, and I can tell you what Christ has done for me. And affect change and take them to the 12-step process or whatever it may be through ministries like Divorce Care, Grief Share, you're able to take people where they're at, going through a divorce, going through grief, and take them and point them towards God's word from something from your past to take them to their future and affect change in them. And that's what we need to look for. We need to look for them big changes for God. You see, God gave me this vision for this church. And if you notice, one of the things that I made was the, with the logo, Learn, Live, and Love. And I think it's pretty self-explanatory, but I think that we should be a church where we learn about Jesus Christ and his word, that we learn about him through corporate worship, that we learn about him through Bible study, but most importantly, that we can live together in harmony, that we can live together as brothers and sisters in Christ, not as the world, but as Christ followers, and that we can love that we can love not only each other, but that we will show Christ's love to the world and everyone that we come in contact with. That we will truly love our neighbors as ourselves. That when we look at somebody, we don't see the outside of someone. We see, see who God sees in them. We see to the heart of the people, not just the outside of people. You know, in Zechariah 6.15 gives us a promise that we can stand on. It says, those who are far away will come and help to build the temple of the Lord, and you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. This will happen if you diligently obey the Lord your God. You see, the pressure isn't on us to get this done. The pressure isn't on us to build the church of Jesus Christ. That pressure actually lies on God. It's God's job to reveal Jesus to the hearts of people and to open up people's hearts. But it's our job to be vessels. It's our job to be obedient and walk in faith and do what he calls us to do. We've got to sow the seed. It's our job to sow seed wherever we go. The harvest is ripe and we need laborers. You know, you see, we have to do something first. God is waiting on us to take that first step. God is waiting on us to be obedient so that we can help and be a vessel to build his church. 
to build his church, to build his kingdom. And I truly believe that if we are faithful to work towards that, his kingdom, and believe that it will happen, I think that God will give us the how-tos, how to make it happen. You know, we don't have all the answers, but I believe if we're obedient and we're doing what God called us to do, he will show us the way. He will show us how we can affect change in other people's lives, how we can affect change in the city of Lantana, and how we can affect change in the Hypoluxo and beyond. Each one of us has a mission field. Each one of us has a mission field in our jobs, in our homes. Every time we walk out these doors, we just need to be obedient. We just need to be obedient to what God calls us to be. You know, and and here we have to put our faith into action. We have to put our faith into action each and every day. We can no longer afford just to warm pews. It's time for us to spring up and move out. It's time for us to mobilize the church. And you know, it was interesting when churches were closed, you saw signs, you know, the church is now in its mission field. The church hasn't moved and went out into the world. See, we're supposed to be in the world, not of the world, but we are supposed to go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When's the last time you helped make a disciple? When's the last time you spoke truth into somebody's life? When's the last time that you planted seeds for Jesus? And I think a lot of times we think about that and it's like, whoa, I haven't done that in a while. Well, maybe you've been doing it this whole time and God bless you for doing it. But I think one thing COVID in 2020 has done is got us all to be a little bit more complacent. We're a little afraid to go and do what God's word calls us to do. You know, and today as we catch this vision, we catch this vision of, what we're going to do and how we're going to expand the church. You know, as I said, the church. And I want to ask you very honest and be very honest with yourself for a moment. If you want to see growth, then you have to make a difference. You have to step forward and you have to do something that maybe you've never, ever done before. You have to be willing to labor to build the church. 30,000 men were sent to Solomon to work on God's temple, work on Solomon's temple. It took them seven years to build that temple. How much time are you willing to take to spend to work on First Baptist Church of Lantana and more importantly, to work on God's kingdom, to expand his kingdom? How much time and effort are you willing to give? And I'm here to tell you, I'm here for the long haul, unless you all get tired of me and kick me out. I plan on being here for the long haul. And I'm here to tell you, I am standing here today, and I am committed to build the kingdom of God. I am committed to expanding his kingdom. And I am committed to expand it alongside others who are willing to do the same thing. Men and women who desire to be closer to God. And doing my part, whatever it is I can do. 
And like I've said, if it's clean the toilet to glorify God, hey, I'll clean the toilet. Whatever I have to do, I will do to glorify God. And right where you are, if you take a moment, I want you to just close your eyes. Just close your eyes and just think. Don't shuffle around. Don't move stuff. Just kind of listen to my voice. It's a little private moment. No one's looking around. No one's going to see what's going on. But I have two questions for you. And the first is the most important one you'll ever be asked. God thought you were worth it that he sent his son to die for you. Because he thought you were worth it. If you were to die at this moment, would you spend eternity in heaven? Would you spend eternity in heaven? I'll tell you if you're not sure where you'll go, or if you even say, Pastor, I don't know. I want you to raise your hand if you're not sure. Raise your hand if you're not sure that you're going to spend eternity in heaven. You put your hands down. See, if you raise your hand that you're, you're not sure you're going to continue and live eternity in heaven, you need to make that next step. And that next step would be to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and become part of a family where we can learn together, where we can live together, and we can love.